fellow Zeros, thanks for tuning in to Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast that's never made it this far. I'm your host, Joe, and I know I said I wouldn't do this anymore, but I'm here with the remnants of J-Squad. Yeah! <laughs> and it's just, just one sole member, and his name is Sequel. The podcast that will be victorious. We fight, that's what we do. That was really early in the movie. Well, that, was ins- that was inspiring. <laughs> you ready to, ready to fight? The Crucible. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was going to be it. Um, Corey put a bet in. The podcast is not a soldier, we're a weapon. And his honorable mention is the podcast that's never been with two girls before, but when the day comes, we'll make it work. And my girlfriend's honorable mention that she wanted me to give her props for was the podcast that takes three sugars. That's okay. what she wanted. All right. <laughs> Fair. Yep. So, Yeah. Here we are again. Corey couldn't make it, but, you know, show must go on. It's the first Sequel and Joe show. Or it Joe is. and Sequel show. Like you know, depending on <laughs> alphabetical order or reverse alphabetical order. Or if you're Maurice or... <laughs> or someone who likes me more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people probably out there. Yeah. Well, we're going to see how this goes. I think it's going to be fun. Sure. So, yeah, Edge of Tomorrow. But before that, we've been watching other things. Joe, why don't you go first? I will absolutely go first, because I'm pretty sure mine's going to be shorter than yours. Definitely. I was really busy this week, so I watched about one and a half movies. So the full movie I watched is called Moon. I love Moon. Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Very good. It's a really weird... It's very good. It's really weird, but I know it's good because it elicited like an emotional response from me watching it. Oh, uh, where he's contacting his daughter? Is that what that's No, part? I'm just getting so mad about the premise of the movie. I'm like, this is a fucked up thing that they're doing. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I was like, that, why, why are you doing this? That means it's, like, this is spoilers, I'm probably cut it out, but, like, because who's seen Moon? It's it's surprisingly, like, alright, so it probably didn't make any money in the box office being released. Sent. For, like, movie fans, I'll bring it up occasionally, and a lot of people have seen it. So I think if you're a fan of, like, film, like we are... Yeah, if you like smaller movies, you've, then you've definitely seen, seen it. And if Rockwell's, like, yeah. phenomenal. Rockwell, Rockwell's good in, like, everything I see him in. So, yeah, if you've ever seen Moon, it's on Netflix right now, so do yourself a favor and check it out. There's, I think, three credited actors in that movie, that's it. I think. There's a few more than that, because there's the wife, there's the daughter. I know the daughter, him, and... There's Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. That's a a good movie, though. Very good movie. Yeah, I own that one. That doesn't surprise me. I think $15.99 I paid for it. Oof. Now it's probably less. Well, maybe not, actually. It's probably hard to find. I think it is hard to find. You're not going to Target and picking up Moon. No. <laughs> and if you are, you're the only one. <laughs> exactly. And the half movie I watched is actually remarkably similar in, I guess, setting and name, because I started watching Doom. Okay. <laughs> not as good? No, not so far. I'm about halfway through it, and it's about what I expected. It's a very mediocre, predictable group of soldiers movie. Yeah. They have all the, the cliche stereotypes in there. The ragtag team. Yep. They got the religious guy, they have the rookie, they have weird gross guy, which I didn't know was a trope, but I guess it is. Yeah, I, I've seen it the one time, and that was enough for me. I'm never watching it again after this, after I finish it this time. Was it available on a streaming service? Netflix also. All right. I think. That's pretty much all I watched. All right. So, I'm going to kick it to you, Mr. Sequel. Oh, we watched Alien, the original, okay. Sigourney Weaver, 79, like a stalker horror movie. I believe the uh, to get this made, they, they tagged it as it's Jaws in Space, which pretty much is. Yeah, and kind of. Man versus Beast. You don't see the Alien for a while, and when you do, no. it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, it's funny that like Alien 2 is like not horror at all. They just took a... It's a straight up action movie, Straight up right? action, yeah. Action comedy, almost. Like the... Uh, the, their ragtag team is, is pretty hysterical, actually. I prefer Alien 2 to Alien. Alien can be a little bit boring it's, it's at times. It's called Aliens, right? Yeah, because Alien and Aliens, that's right. It's not yeah. Alien 2. I've never aliens. seen it. I haven't seen Aliens yet. I've seen Alien. Yeah, then they made more, but they're not worth it. That's what I hear. Yeah, not good at all. All the AVP. Yeah, Alien 3. Oh, they made an Alien 3? Yeah, then there's like Alien Covenant that came out recently. I heard it's pretty bad. Doesn't surprise me. We watched um, Paranormal Activity. I've only seen the third one. I think those movies are terrible, but go ahead. I mean, I remember seeing the first one. I think I saw it like twice in theaters with like two different groups of friends. 
more successful to me than Blair Witch. It, like, it I, has the feel to it, though. I buy it more. Like, Blair Witch was just like... I found the people so annoying. And you don't see anything in Blair Witch. You, it's more like hearing. And you don't see the demon at all in Paranormal Activity. But, like, I feel its presence more. So... For that reason, and I... It's like I, there's more tension in the air yeah, when you're watching that movie. Okay. Exactly, exactly. And the um, demon attacks, quote-unquote, get progressively worse throughout it. Like, first it's keys falling on the floor, and second it's a door moving, and then it's like a sheet moving, then you see a light go on. Then it gets, like, worse and worse and worse and worse. It is kind of funny, though, especially with all, like, the um, YouTube shit I watched, that uh, this guy does not go anywhere without the camera. <laughs> like oh it's a demon attack let me grab my camera like <laughs> I mean would you if that kind of weird shit was happening if my significant other was like in peril no <laughs> you could put it down in the dresser and help her out but it's just really funny that like this movie didn't come out that long ago and he's not whipping out his phone to take a video he has a big freaking camera <laughs> we weren't there yet I guess not I watched a really interesting movie called Gerald's Game it's on Netflix it's a Stephen, based off a Stephen King book. I want to say I've heard of this. So here's the premise. It's like a um, middle-aged couple, I guess like late 40s, I'd say. They go to like their vacation home and they kind of want to like spice up their marriage again. So he pulls out like handcuffs and has like this whole like rape fantasy and his wife's like not into it. So he handcuffs her, and then they have an argument, and she's like, take these cuffs off me. And he gets, like, really mad and has a heart attack and dies. Keys are, like, on the other side of the room, and these are, like, heavy-duty handcuffs. And she's, like, not going anywhere. No phone, nobody around at all. It's, like, a remote location. So That's horrifying. The rest of the movie, it's, like, her mind playing tricks on her. She's reliving, like, bad events from her past. But not to, sp- I'm not gonna spoil it. It's very, it's a very Stephen King ending. Like, it was all a dream. No, no, it's going one direction. <laughs> yeah. Stephen King does this thing where it's like a cool psychological thriller, and then he, then he ruins it. He ruins it by adding like a monster <laughs> or like a different entity to it. Yeah. And you like he does that in Children of the Corn, where it's like these kids are part like of a cult because there's like this monster behind the rows, the corn rows that are. Uh, that's uh, telling them what to do, that they worship, whatever. So I think, all right, these kids are just crazy in a cult. But there really is a monster behind the road. You didn't need it. Like, this adds something you just don't need. So um, other than that, it's really good. It's definitely worth the watch. It has um, Bruce Greenwood in it. I know that name. He's in, uh, you ever see Dinner for Schmucks? Yes. The boss in Dinner for Schmucks. I can't remember what he looks like. trying to impress. Um, Carla... I'm just gonna look him up. Carla Cugino? Yeah, she's she's the main character in it. Okay, she's uh, she was in San Andreas. Right. She was in Entourage. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know who that is. Yeah. So I watched that, and uh, oh, last night we watched Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. I love Pumpkinhead. I've I never seen it. I just know of the beer. I, the logo of the beer looks like the monster. In the movie. That makes sense. Exactly. It's an hour twenty-five. It's just a late '80s monster movie. It's uh, about a guy whose son gets killed in an accident, and he goes to a uh, old witch doctor to exact his revenge, and she conjures the spirit of Pumpkinhead, and who's going to go after the the young adults that uh, killed his son accidentally, left him for dead. Then he has like second thoughts and regrets, so he's like battling it too. It's a not the greatest movie. I was but gonna say, is it good or bad? <laughs> it's not the greatest, but it's a lot of fun around uh, Halloween. It's like a like a sequel family tradition. We throw the staple. On, yeah, we throw in Pumpkinhead in, in October. So the sequel family. That's we it. gather around the fire. All the little sequels come. <laughs> <laughs> They're not little sequels yet. Not, not yet. No. I'm gonna name all my children after movie sequels. It would. I mean, it would make sense to name one of them sequel, considering it's the sequel to you. Sequel to sequel? Yeah. Like, it's like George Foreman. Little Rocky 2. Little, uh... <laughs> like, can you name it for sequels that actually exist? Yeah, or like, Little Empire Strikes Back. So, like, name one of them sequels, like Aliens? Yeah, that's good. I like that. It's subtle. I don't, you know, people probably know my first name now, but, um... 
a while ago at work, we were trying to throw my actual first name in movie sequel titles, like The Empire Strikes Matt. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I like that one. Matt, Matt Man Returns. Exactly. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Matt. <laughs> we came up with a bunch of them. You can't think about the top of my head, though. Anyway, that's what I've been watching. And that is what we've both been watching. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done with that. We can move on to the movie facts for Edge of Tomorrow. Sure. Which came out in 2014, allegedly. I'm pretty sure it did. I, re- I think so. I think I remember... I saw it in theaters, so I think I remember seeing it in 2014. So I've been doing research and watching some, like, like, the trailer for it. It said, like, three years ago, I think, at the bottom of YouTube. So 14 or 15. Probably end of 14. I'm pretty sure it came out 14. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, too. We spent too much time on this. Okay. It was directed by Doug Lyman, who's directed a fair number of movies that I enjoy. He directed Swingers, yes. Go, The Born Identity, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, <laughs> Jumper, Fair Game, The Wall, and American Maid. Okay. So he does some, he does some Tom Cruise. Yes, he does. Oh, I'm sorry, I spoiled that part. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow stars Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt, Bill Paxton, Brendan Gleeson, Noah Taylor, and a bunch of people who I didn't feel like writing down, because they're barely in it. They are. Huge budget, $178 million. Oh, did it make it back? It did, but not, not domestically. Enough? I think it grossed 370 It was probably huge in Japan. Probably, yeah. Probably did well overseas, because it did $100 million domestic, Ooh. so it lost $78 million Yeah. Just that. That's why we haven't seen a sequel. Does it say, I guess... Although, yeah. on IMDb, Doug Lyman still listed as directing Edge of Tomorrow, or Live Die Repeat and Repeat. So Great I don't know... title. It's terrible. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, this movie's also known as Live Die Repeat, which is a much, much worse title. It is. If you buy the physical media for this, you have to look for Live Die Repeat. It says, Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. On the bottom, really small, it says Edge of Tomorrow. It's so dumb. Rotten Tomatoes has it at a, you ready? 90%. Certified fresh. Yeah. Audience also agrees, 90%. IMDb, 7.9 out of 10. Metacritic, 71. User score, 8.6. That's one of the higher Metacritic scores I've ever seen. Sure is. And obviously the reason we're doing this is because it's based on a... It was a novel that turned into a manga, which is called All You Need Is Kill. So thanks for making that manga, because that means I got to watch this movie for this podcast. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into the, the discussion of Spoiler Free. Yeah, I'll text later. Right. Yeah, text later. <laughs> I know, I don't Sit on your hands. I don't have cord to back me up. <laughs> so, yeah, I like the premise of these types of movies. This is the third one that I can think of. Groundhog Day is the most famous, where a guy's repeating the same day, the events of the day, what's over the, and over and over again. Second one. Happy Death Day, which came okay. out After last this. year. So yeah. technically this is the second one. Yes. Um, I haven't seen that yet, but I've heard it's good. I loved it. it was, I, I, I guess this, because this trope or premise hasn't been used that often, I, I guess it's still kind of fresh, so no, it, it works out. Um, this movie had a, a lot of humor in it. I guess it's kind of impossible not to include humor if someone can relive their daily events over and over again. It helps keep it fresh. It does, absolutely. Performances are really good. I like the action in it. Um, The look of the aliens are kind of different. There's a couple of historical things we can touch on when we we really break this movie down. One one in particular that I find kind of odd or just weird that they went in this direction um yeah overall it's it's uh it's a quite a good movie i'm su- kind of surprised that it's low like 100 million i remember when it came out um it wasn't marketed very well no it wasn't marketed very well and a lot of people came out of the theater like i saw it in theaters surprised like wow i didn't think this would be good and it was good yeah a lot of the reviews that i read when i was looking up the scores mm-hmm. said something like that like, i didn't really want to see it but i'm glad i did <laughs> yeah because like i think people were like really out on cruise like 2014 apparently oblivion had come out yeah, before this and right. people didn't like that very much no they didn't and this kind of it looked like it would be oblivion esque yeah like you expected cruise to show up in an expendables movie at this point in his career but like he kind of pulls this off so no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. What do you think, Joe? I hated it. No, <laughs> I think it's really good. It's a it's a cool sci-fi. Obviously, you mix in the premise of Groundhog Day, which is always fun. 
It's 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 done enough, but it's not overdone. The reliving days thing. Yes, I like that. I guess you call it a trope. It's a trope or a premise. Yeah, I, I like uh, that in things. Yeah, but obviously don't want to overuse that. I don't have too much to add that you didn't. It's, okay. it's it's one of the best movies that you didn't see because not enough people saw this movie. That's a, I, I think even now. Correct. Yeah. No, I mean, um, I remember mentioning this to a few people that were doing it, and they're like, "Is that the Tom Cruise movie?" I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Oh, I didn't see it." Like, you should. You should. It's good. Check it out. It's not on that often. No, it's probably not on cable. It's, I figured it'd do well on cable. That'd be one I would leave on. Um, cleaning the house. Yeah, if, it, yeah. if I was flipping through channels and I saw it, I'd probably stop for sure. at least at least like twenty minutes. Yeah, but it is available for purchase. I bought it on Amazon digitally for like nine dollars. So if you want to see it, it's out there. It's not going to break the bank. <laughs> yeah, but you bought the Blu-ray probably at full price when it came out. No, I waited. Oh, okay. I waited for that one. Do you remember cool. how much you got it for? I think seven ninety nine. It's like when you're like, so if you're. I think I bought like three or four Tom Cruise movies, so it became like a recommended Amazon purchase. Oh, okay. Never said live that repeat Tom Cruise. I've never heard of this. I'm like, oh, this is Edge of Tomorrow. Weird. <laughs> I have heard of this. <laughs> From here on out, we're going to be spoiling Edge of Tomorrow. So you've been warned. You should check it out before listening. And if you don't care, then here we go. So the alien race, the Mimics. Yep. They had the same plan as Hitler, like the exact same plan as Hitler. Like, to a T. Did they? Yeah. I didn't get that from this. We're going to conquer Europe first, and then we're going to oh, take over the, like, the rest of the world. Like, Maybe that's, that's probably where they landed. Wasn't that where the meteor hit? Yes. So but this makes, makes this, sense. But it's the fact that it's, like, Europe. For, like, you figure they could, like, move around more. I don't know. Like, it's just kind of weird that it was, like, a European start. I'm going to say it's... I don't know how accurate this actually is because I know no one involved with the planning of this movie. Okay. But this movie was released for America and they're probably planning on doing huge in Asia. Right. So, who Europe. gives a shit about Europe? Euro- so you think Europe's like a happy medium? I guess so. Alright. I guess they're like, this is safe. I could see that. But just like storming the beach, that's like storming the beach of Normandy. That's like yeah. America's involvement in like mm-hmm. World War II. So, they, they do tie in some historical... Events into this, yeah, almost um, almost epic events from other movies, like what is it? Saving Private Ryan was thrown the beach, or which yeah, one is it? yeah, that's Saving Private Ryan, and it goes just as well as it did, or then. poorly, or poorly, depending <laughs> on how you look at it. it, gets a little better each time. It's like watching this whole movie is like watching a montage, but it is in a really fun, different way. That's one of my minor criticisms, and it's really minor. It's like sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. You don't know if Tom Cruise is going through this scene for the first time or like the 50th time. And you don't find out it's like midway through. It's questionable but at the same time it's kind of clever because it allows you that loophole to be like yeah this is the 50th time I'm doing this. Particularly when they confront the general. Yeah. It's like oh we've never got this far before. Like oh this is the first time I'm saying that. I don't know. She pulls out the gun. (laughs) She pulls out the gun. He's like hold on I don't want you to shoot him again. (laughs) It's funny, too, because I remember the first... Not to pull up Groundhog Day very often, but, like... We're going to do it a couple times, probably. Counting the amount of times Bill Murray wakes up, it goes to the day. I think it's something like 28 times. I've seen a movie a lot. I just decided to do it once. Then I'm like, oh, I guess I guess he, you know, goes through, like, a month. And then I read, like, um, um, Harold Ramis directed it, or Rod Reiner directed it. One of the two of them. I forget which. Um, it's like Bill Murray plays the piano perfectly. And, like, apparently he, his character learned to play the piano during his, uh... So it was a lot more than a month. He, he, I think the director said it had to be something like 2,000 days. In order for him to learn everything that he learns, he, he estimated how long it would take a person to, if they concentrate on nothing else, to, like, learn each specific skill. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he repeated the same day, like, 2,000 times. That sounds right. That's... Insanity, man. How many years is that? That's like technically none. But, but, but yeah. think about it. Two thousand. Like, I mean, two thousand days would be like six years. Fifteen hundred would be about yeah, six seven years probably. Wow. Quick math. Wow. Get at us on Twitter at CTH Podcast. Imagine reliving today for like six years. <laughs> if today was a better day, I'd be okay with it. If I didn't have work today, <laughs> I don't think you'd be okay with it. 
See, I've, I've actually had this discussion with my roommate before. All right. It's like, this is great. <laughs> like, if I was reliving the day, do you have any idea how many movies I would get to see? I would just All have days movies. where I read books and just watch movies. Like, yeah, I'd probably go, but it's like, you interact, you can interact with different people. Mm-hmm. You could have a different day every time. It's just the fact that you have infinite time. Well, what if you're, like, tra- trapped in a sing- singular location? Like, like what happens with in the three movies that use this premise? Because he can't leave the town. That is, Murray. I mean, they have a blockbuster, probably. Tom... <laughs> Buxatani? I don't think they Bucks- do. Buxatani. <laughs> he uh, can leave before the blizzard hits. Yeah, Happy Death Day, if you haven't seen that. I haven't seen it, but apparently it takes place in the same town every day. Cause it's, it's, like, the college campus. Oh, okay. She's got to, like... And she gets weaker every day, so yeah, she's, well, not she's going dying anywhere. every time. Yeah. So she's got to like survive it. And Tom Cruise, man, he's going to war every single. Yeah, getting day. off that. Although he he manages to figure out how to get pretty much wherever he wants. He gets to the the pub that one time. I wonder how many times he got ran over by the army jeep. I want to say five or more, right? <laughs> but we only see it the one time. What were you thinking, <laughs> boy? <laughs> so Tom Cruise's character, he's like. In the United States Army, but he's not a soldier. But unofficially, almost. Right? He's like the pretty boy face of the... He's the poster child. Yes. And... He's like a pundit. Right. And Brandon Gleeson, who's in three scenes, that's it. They got a pretty big name actor for three scenes, I feel. Um, When you're only casting, like, five actors who were in multiple scenes, it makes sense. I guess. But, like, it's a small part. He doesn't really leave his... Paxton's I keep saying his name weird Paxton's character isn't really like important in the movie yeah but he just shows up every time the day resets Paxton's like a good side character actor like he fits that kind of good he's like funny and Brandon Gleeson is like "Ah, alright so I don't know him in that many things like I know I've seen him before Mm mhm I guess he's a good fit, considering it's like... He, I think everybody in this movie does a good job, so yeah, I think it's, he's... It's like the World Army, right? It's like the United World yeah, Army. Yeah, he's, he's like the leader of the entire World Army. Right? The head general? Well, I'd, I'd buy it. Sure. Okay. He's crafty. He's, he's crafty. <laughs> kind of a be. dick. Yeah, he is. Well, he wants Tom Cruise to cover the invasion and like be near combat, and Tom Cruise is like, <laughs> not me, man, I don't do that. And then he threatens to blackmail the leader of the world's army and gets arrested Which for it. Which is, you know, maybe, looking back, not the smartest of moves. Nope. Maybe the smarter move is you leave the office and then run away. <laughs> Which he tried to... No. No, he didn't. No, he has a snide comment yeah. before he runs away. If he away. hadn't told him he was going to blackmail him before he left the room, if he would have just been like, yeah, sure, I'll go to the war, and then just <laughs> left, he'd be like, dude, dude, dude. Because... Pretty much, he goes, well, you're not my commanding officer, and he goes, well, I contacted your commanding officer, and I he, I own you, pretty much. Now, Chris is going to be like, prove it. <laughs> yeah, he takes that immediately, his face value. is like, okay, I buy this. It's, uh, well, without that, we don't have a movie, I guess. Very true. So, he gets thrown into, I guess... It's an airport that's now an army base. And he's not a colonel anymore, or a major, yeah, the, he's now a private. Yeah, Brendan Gleeson falsified his papers. Or- right. Said he was impersonating an officer. But what I, one thing that doesn't really hold up is he's the face. He's on TV like probably every day. He's like the face of like the U.S. Army. I want to say. I think some of them know who he is. They just don't care. Well, Paxton seems like he doesn't know who he is at all. Well, Paxton doesn't get out a lot. I guess not. But I don't know. Like he's military. You're, this guy's famous military. Sergeant Farrell is really has a small world. And harassing so. J Squad. <laughs> Pretty much. And I guess A through I Squad well, also. I wonder if there's a K through Z Squad. Where's J the last one? It's the best one. Squad of Misfits. Classic movie trope. <laughs> Ragtag team. Ragtag they are. <laughs> so yeah, he gets thrown into the situation, so he's going to invade the beach. I forgot what country. Doesn't, I don't remember. Doesn't really yeah. matter. Some European country. Um, I'm going to look it up for facts, but go ahead. The suits that they wear seem pretty counterproductive to me. They don't do a lot. It's kind of like a small exoskeleton, but I don't understand how it helps with maneuverability. It slows you down. Like, I could see if they were, like, shoulder-mounted cannons only. And I don't understand, yeah, I don't understand how that's better than human movement. And Emily Blunt, who's, like, 
all pro level super soldier. <laughs> How do you get one of those sweet swords? How do you get one of those better suits? Right? Also that. Well, the hero of Verdun, or the angel of Verdun, gets whatever she wants. I, why doesn't everyone have that suit? Money, man. But here's the thing. <laughs> Human existence is being threatened. I think money goes out the window at that point. <laughs> I figure they're like, just make the fucking suits or you're not going to be around. Maybe it's made out of like a space material that they have limited quantity. It's like vibranium. I'm not buying it. <laughs> That's fair. I'm pulling this out of my ass. We're going to have these suits. One's going to be significantly better than all the other ones. To prove to you which one of us is the hero. I guess. Um, I think it's just it just says the invasion of France. Okay. So, it could be Normandy, right? Isn't that French? Normandy Beach? That uh, sounds right. I think it is. Let's just go with that. Normandy Beach. Normandy Beach, New Jersey. Nope. Um, <laughs> Normandy Beach, France. Okay. That one's for you, Corey. <laughs> so yeah, so Tom Cruise gets this ability to relive every single day because he kills a alpha, um, an alpha, he right? Gets, he, apparently, its blood dissolves him, like the claymore does. Yes, him. it's the it's it's, it's the, the blood blood of the alien, right? So he is it's a fucking sh- terrifying. <laughs> he's a shit show when he's on that beach. He's, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's never seen combat before. No one's really helping him out. He can't get the safety off his weapon he because they're all dicks. And uh, he asks like 50 times. And There's one real funny line of Bill Paxton where he tells, I guess, the leader of J-Squad to keep an eye on Cage, is Tom Cruise's character's name. And he's like, the whole day? He's like, well, I don't think it's going to be that long. <laughs> Tom Cruise is being sent out there to die, pretty much. Yeah. He's fodder. So he manages to use a Claiborne mine to kill an Alpha, which is a... Better, bigger, more advanced mimic alien, right? And yeah, it's like it's basically like like the sergeant to the pretty much the other mimics. Um, but I guess it's like a different has a different genetic code because the blood of this thing has the ability it gets on Tom Cruise, and because he absorbs it, he, he can relive the previous day's events. Yeah, because when, when, when an alpha dies, the Omega resets the day. Right. So it tricks the Omega into thinking Tom Cruise is an alpha now, so whenever he dies, the day gets reset, and that's the weird science of this movie. Yes. Weird science. And the reason the Omega resets the day is because... They want to have the tactical advantage. Yes, then they will know what their enemy is going to do before the enemy knows what they're going to do, so they can... Pretty much can't lose at that point, right? Unless, uh... Now, did they... Does the Omega... I don't know if they're going into the movie, but does the Omega understand what Tom Cruise does every day to adapt to that? Or do they all, like... I think it's more of, like, a grand grand scale. Yeah. And I think at one point the Omega's like, all right, how the hell is this guy doing this? Because I know they trick him with the fake vision at one point. Right. The fake vision to... So I think they're on to him. Well, I, I guess it's after, like... I don't, we don't know how many times Tom Cruise we lose a, a day. A lot. It's, it's got to like, be in the, in the hundreds. It's probably... Maybe even in Groundhog the Groundhog Day yes. style. Probably about 2,000 times. So, like, eventually the Omega's got to be like, what the fuck is going on here, right? We're losing real bad every day. <laughs> you got to be kidding me with this. Sometimes within minutes. So maybe does a little bit of investigating. Who knows? It's not told from the Omega's point of view. Now, there's a movie... <laughs> It's or more of a short film, I guess. A lot of subtitles. A lot of subtitles. <laughs> so anyway, um, Tom Cruise figures out what's going on, and Emily Blunt's character, she's amazing in this, by the way. No, she's very good. I, she's like becoming one of my favorite actresses. She can her range is incredible. I don't know her in a lot of things. I just haven't seen that many Emily Blunt movies. Quiet Place. I haven't seen that one. Um. Sicario, I think she's the main. Yes, Sicario, she she's very good in, which is action. She was action horror. I don't and think she's, she's in the second I think one. Her, her first, no, she's not. Her first movie is uh, the Devil's The Devil Wears Prada. I've never she's seen it. Surprisingly, very funny in it. So, okay, so yeah, then she does have range. She does she comedy. She does action. She does married to John Krasinski too. Yes. Yeah. Good on you, Emily. <laughs> Way to marry even. Yeah, we like John Krasinski. Yeah. We're fans. We're fans of both of you. Keep doing what you're doing. Right? It's like... Krasinski-Blunt family. <laughs> I don't know what you go by. 
Yeah. That's she, a weird hyphenated last name because it's people. She took his last He took her last name. John Blunt. John Blunt. <laughs> oh, man. If they took each other's last names, your careers would be over. Emily Krasinski and John Blunt. <laughs> Who are these people? I'm not casting John Blunt now. Krasinski. What about Blunt Man and Chronic? There's an idea. <laughs> if we had a lot of fans out there, I would want that fan art made. But I know if I ask for it, no one will make it. And I can't draw. So I can't draw either. It's over. The dream is dead. It is. It sure is. Yeah, so Emily Blunt's like the uh, poster child for uh, soldiers. Literally. Literally. She's on posters. She's the Tom Cruise of actual soldiers. So she had a... She was like the main star of a victory for the human race against the mimics. She, she like yeah. She was the powerhouse that facilitated everything. But we find out later on it's that because she can relive days. That the uh, the mimics kind of threw that to trick the human race into this ill-fated invasion that they're just kind of like probably end then the war with. I would assume this kind of ends everything. Or at like least a, do a significant blow because yeah. Eventually, they're gonna stop throwing troops at France. I hope. Right, so I guess the like the invasion was kind of like, I want to say, majority of their forces. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Get wiped out in this thing, so. So she had this ability at one point, and she lost it. Uh, this movie does a good job at establishing rules and following the rules. Um, Which is key when you're doing anything that involves sort of time travel stuff. Exactly. So, again, the alpha blood is the key to reliving the day's events. I think it's like a 24-hour period you go back to after you die. This is yeah. key, he really especially for the like ending. two days. Right, I, yeah, but he wakes up... Because the, the day he wakes up in the airport, is, and then the evasion is the next morning, and he keeps reliving that whole thing. Right, so he like... I think, but I think it's like a 24-hour period, I want to say. It could be, or it could be just... I don't know, yeah. That 24-hour period is very important when it comes to the ending. The ending's yeah. very debatable. The ending is is a little bit weird. Yeah, I don't know why they rewind like they do. I think I have it down. Like, I, I was jotting down a timeline, and it kind of <laughs> makes... scribbling furiously in your notebook. No, it, it kind of makes sense. We'll, we'll get to the ending a little yeah. bit later on, but, um... So, yeah, so, one of the rules is, uh, because you have the blood of this alpha, you're able to do what you do. When you die, you go... Back, I wanted. I'm just gonna, for argument's sake, say uh, roughly 24 hours. Yeah, something like that. We'll go with that. Emily Blunt lost it in a blood transfusion, so she's like, "If you're gonna die, make sure you die, because I received." If you get someone else's blood, it's out. It, it wipes you out. That that's that's. And it can't be transferred. Like you, he can't take his blood out and give it to Emily Blunt. No, they can't exchange sexual fluids. Which which that they Tom hint at in the movie asked about. Which is one of the funnier parts of the movie. It was, that's probably my favorite. I've, I've tried that. How many times? <laughs> <laughs> she probably did try it. Let's think about it. If we think Tom Cruise was around for like... If you get infinite do-overs, yeah, I'm sure you're planning to be make other people like you and see if you can work, make that work. Right, but or just like, I'm bored today. Let's like, you know, fool around with somebody. Like, <laughs> I guess. And then shoot him to see... <laughs> Hold but that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of those days, she had sex with somebody and then just killed Kill them. them. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> That's the movie I want to see. <laughs> That's another short film. Exactly. It's less artsy. Well, maybe it's really artsy. <laughs> Who knows what she's into. We'll never find out. Oh, it's like an eyes wide shut. <laughs> What's Master her name Grace. in this? Um, Grace? I'm looking it up. I'm her sure. middle name is Rose. Her middle name is definitely Rose, and her last name is not spelled at all like how he pronounces it. I think her first name is Grace. It's Vertasky. That's her last name. Right. That's how it's spelled. That'd be a weird... It's not how he says it. That'd be a weird uh, first name. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it's Rita. Rita. Okay. Is Rita the girl's name in Groundhog's Day? The actress is Andy McDowell. But the character... I knew you were asking. Hang on. <laughs> wait, wait a stall. I'm going to do excellent vamping while you look this up. It is Rita. Very good. Wow. Nice. Good pull, Joe. Is Rita also, the, good poll screenwriter. Is Rita the girl in Happy Death Day? No, it's definitely not. <laughs> I don't know what it is. That would be amazing. It's, it's not Rita. Every no. movie that does this <laughs> has a Rita. Has a woman it. named Rita in it. That's Maybe her mom's name is like Rita. Could be. 
This is great air. The main, the great audio. Them. It's Tree. Tree? Yep. There's a Lori, a Danielle. Dig deep. Stephanie. There's a Rita somewhere. Becky. <laughs> no, that's it. David. Goldman. Alright, the movie doesn't count. Nope. <laughs> two for two. <laughs> so, an observation that I agree with that my girlfriend made. Tom Cruise, it's kind of like the Iron Man thing. Tom Cruise is not a big fan of wearing helmets. Absolutely the, not. Because the, one of the first things he does in this movie is take, take off, off the, the helmet. required helmet for the suit. Yes. <laughs> Here's a helmet. I don't I don't ever wear it. <laughs> not a fan of headgear. He does not like to distract people from the money maker. As a young actor, he played in a football movie. I wonder how that conversation with Tom, you have to wear your helmet. <laughs> Which football movie? All the Right Moves. Okay. Want to borrow it? Sure. It's not that good. I'll borrow any movie you bring me, literally. I will watch it. Craig T. Nielsen is the Nelson. coach. Nelson. He's coach. He's coach. Craig T. Nielsen of coach is the coach. That's yep. perfect. High school coach. This this predates coach. Wow. This is, this is the prequel to, to coach. Yeah. He's a high school coach in this, and then he becomes a college coach and coach. Not just the same character's name. It's definitely not. He gets to move to the NFL. It's not about Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> Isn't it? And then Blades of Glory, he's also a coach. That's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like you wanted to go back to Edge of Tomorrow. I did. Okay. Well, I, no, I was. I could have broke down the entire plot of all the right moves, but I figured, no, Joe's not going to like that, so... I mean, if you're going to let me borrow it, we don't need to break it down. <laughs> I'll watch it. It's peak Leah Thompson. Really? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I was already in. Now I'm definitely in. Yeah. It's the best she's ever looked on. Really? Oh, yeah. Better than Howard the Duck and Back to the Future. Combined. Bring me this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's rate this sucker. <laughs> I gotta go. I have another movie to watch. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, so being he can relive the same day over and over again and being Emily Blunt is on board with this. She knows what's going on. He doesn't have to waste time explaining Hey, I have this ability. She's like, okay, I get it. And she introduces him to the scientist who also knows about it because she helped him. The f- he helped her the first time. Exactly. So they're coming up with tactical plans in order to find the Omega. Which is crazy when you think of what like, they're drawing up the play. Oh, like, it's insane. She has to memorize every step, or he has to memorize it, and then get her to memorize every step. If you've never seen this movie, it's not. It's this is a major battle. There's shit going on everywhere it's you see. Fucking crazy. And they have to. It's so elaborate. It's they're pretty much counting paces and steps and yeah. left turns and right turns and uh, and he's a shitty soldier, so he's she has to train him up. So There's being a trial by fire, it's like. He spends all day training, and then they do the invasion, and it's... They've had they had to fail, like, hundreds upon hundreds of hundreds so many. times, right? Yeah. So... I think the ones... I mean, I don't want to jump ahead too far, but the one scene with the helicopter, I feel like he tried that, like, at least 50 times. Oh, definitely. Alone. Definitely. One part I didn't really care for, and it's like the first time you see this, again, it was the minor criticism I brought up, you don't know how many times he's gone through this. And, and until he reveals it, when they get away, she gets away in the Odyssey, and he's in the Jeep. Yeah. And they, they go to that um, barn, and she's injured, and he's like, you're not going to make it. There's no scenario where you may, where you No actually, matter what we do, this is as far as you go. Right. Like, I can't bring you with me at this point. He doesn't want to continue without her. Rightfully so, because... She's the... Much better soldier. Exactly. And I guess he's... You know, if this is his only, like, contact over, like, like probably like a six-year period or how many, however many yeah. years he's reliving. He's, he's, that's, like, his yeah. family at this point, Makes right? Makes sense. It's hinted at, but um, you can obviously ascertain he's, like, fallen in love with uh, her. Yeah, definitely. But You can see the look of pain in his face when he looks at her because he knows she's going to die. Exactly. And he's avoiding it and she's but, like, yeah. I don't understand. Like, this is... You have to do this. That's a really well done, like non-verbal acting in this movie. Yeah, I, you could just see the pain in his eyes. He's just like, I can't do this. Watching you die is killing me inside. Yeah. So if they did that, we don't know how many times he's doing this. So many. But that, that like that, it's not even a trope. We, as the audience, we're tricked into believing it's the first time. 
if they do that multiple times in this movie, if they overuse it, yes, it's it. It is overused. It cheapens it. Yes, but I think that should have been the only time. I mean, I'm okay with that in the general. See, when it came to the general, that kind of pissed me off a little bit. Like, how many times are we doing this? Come on. Because, again, you got to think, like, they have to keep it fresh for the audience. Technically, they get three uses. <laughs> we don't want to see the... We don't want to see it multiple times. Like, we, we get that enough with the initial invasion of them screwing up in the beginning. But that's done in a more comical way. This is more of a to advance the, exactly what you said. We don't want to see it that many times. This is to advance the plot. Because these are major plot points. They get the device from the general, finally. Right. The whole, we get to see the consequences of the helicopter happening. So why he has, why he goes by himself to the dam and then finds out it's a trap and then brings her back into the circle. I like that, and it, that that's probably my favorite scene when he just. It's a good one. Screw it, I'm doing this by myself, and he gets there and it's a trap. I like that a lot, and I like the fact that he goes to kill himself. And the uh, Alpha smacks the gun out of his hand. Like, it's, like they know. They know. He, I think that's what I was talking about earlier. Like, the Omega knows that he doesn't belong resetting. Exactly. So they put that vision in his head. To try to lure him into a trap, and then... He drowns himself. Yeah. That's got to be a terrible way to go. It's not good. Right? Most of the ones we see him die in are kind of instantaneous. Yes. That's, like, either it's a gunshot from Emily Blunt, or being eaten by a monster. I wonder or... how much pain he's in. He doesn't act like he's in pain at all. Well, I mean, I guess at a certain point you get used to it if it's going to be an instant death, but yeah. Yeah, it is kind of funny though when he's training and he gets like maimed, like his leg's bro- broken or breaks his foot or something. No, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm okay. <laughs> just shoots him right in the head. It's kind of annoying though, trying to get to that point every single time. Because he's escaping from J-Squad. And... Oh yeah, you have, to, you have to redo the... It's like speed running a video game. You have to know the exact mapping and perform the same task over. Very and good over, and over again. Yes, thank you. Like a side-scrolling platformer. Yeah, enemies never change the location. You just have to remember every single time what they do and your step pattern, and just that would drive me crazy. Yes, I'm sure he screwed it up a bunch of times because just like you just if you hesitate one time, it's over. Very true. Yeah, so that device is the key to all of this. The the Device is developed by a scientist who says you have to use it on an alpha. It's like or a Tom Cruise, or a Tom Cruise, or someone who has the alpha blood in, in them. So that was like the whole joke. Like you need an alpha for this. Well, we got the next best thing. Yeah, Tom Cruise who has the blood. It's you, basically just a series of tattoo needles that you shove into your body, right? And it gives you the location of the omega. It, it links you back to. Because how it works is the alphas are like the synapses of right. the omega brain. Mm-hmm. It's like a central nervous system. Yeah. So the theory is you destroy the omega, omega you destroy everything. Which turns out to be correct. Spoilers. Um. <laughs> Thank God, otherwise, <laughs> I don't know how you end this movie. Right? So, being they have that location, they can forego the invasion. They convince J-Squad to join them, and they can they know the location of the omega is Paris. So they fork the basement of the Louvre, or right. underneath the Louvre. Mm-hmm. It's like in a parking garage, it seems like. Something like that. Yeah, it's like a destroyed underwater parking garage. I think it's, I think it's under the Louvre. I think it's... Right. But they enter oh, it through yeah. a weird... It's a weird structure. It is very weird. So I guess we can get into the ending. So here's my thing. So what happens when, when uh, he destroys the Omega and he gets wounded in the process, but after he destroys the Omega, the, he absorbs the Omega's blood. So all the mimics are destroyed, and then he goes back, and when he comes to, he's a little bit before where he wake, woke up initially every single time, and all the aliens are destroyed and they say it's a surge of energy that wiped it out. And it's just a very convenient ending. It's it's like the one predictable thing about this movie. Like not that the movie's completely unpredictable, but just it's it's like the storybook ending to the. It's I don't know. It's weird. It's weird how they do it. Pretty much, they reset him far enough back where he's no longer like a prisoner. So okay. It's the science behind it is it's the movie science, let's say, is debatable. Now, does he being he has omega blood instead of alpha blood? Does he become like a time lord now? Can he do whatever he wants with with time? 
Can he control a bunch of little aliens? Maybe. Who knows? Like children. Like that's why. Like I was thinking, maybe the Omega has different abilities than the Alpha, which means makes sense. He can go back to. That was my initial theory. But then mapping it out, being they totally avoid that invasion, right? They don't go through the whole process of um, because all the PT and then waking up, right? They're dead. So, no, I'm talking about for, for, the, for, the, for the initial uh, Omega fight, going to the Omega. Yeah. They, have, they travel at night to, the, to Paris mm-hmm. to, to fight this thing off. So when he dies and he has that Omega blood, he's dying earlier than he's died previously. So it does make sense for him to go back earlier. Okay. That's, that's where I'm that's, landing. That's fair. I'm landing with that. That's, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's the night before... The invasions, and yeah. he usually dies the day of the invasion. Right. So this way he's okay. going back. That, that works for me. Right, yeah. so now he's going back for the initial helicopter ride to see the general in the first place. So that could help lend credence to your 24-hour theory. Yes, and the reason... further because he dies earlier. And the reason all the mimics are destroyed is because there's no more Omega, right? So... He did destroy the brain. So it makes yeah. sense. That's that's where I'm landing on. It's confusing, though. You don't really think of the timeline. Yeah, if you think about it too much, this movie's very confusing. Yes. So I'm just landing on he destroyed the Omega before and, and, and died earlier than he has all the other times, which is why he goes back a day earlier. I guess if, if you want to de- think about it in chunks of one day, like one day range, then yeah, because... He's dying at different times during the invasion day constantly, but he keeps re- resetting to the exact same moment. Mm-hmm. So I guess you'd have to believe it's like a, a one day because it's the previous morning. So right. I guess he just resets to the morning of the day. Okay. It's confusing to think about. But yeah, so it's not like a it, set amount of time. Or maybe it's, it's like... not a specific time. It's just the general the beginning of the day. When I guess when he initially wake up, that starts yeah. it. So when he woke up that day. Right. So he killed the Omega... Uh, it's like Groundhog Day. It, he wakes up to the alarm clock perfect. every morning. Yep, okay, we got it. Yes, we, we did it. it. We scienced the shit out of this. Yes, that that has to be it. And I like the um, icy look he gets from uh, Emily Blunt. Like, I guess the, the final scene of the At movie. the end? Yeah. Oh, he just laughs? Yes. He's like, you're alive! I love you, but you... But you won't know that. <laughs> it's kind well, of tragic in a way. What do I do? Right? I mean, he's very happy that he doesn't have to go through this anymore and that she won't die. I mean, so. if she gives him the time of day, I guess he knows everything there is yeah, no doubt. Her, so he she can, still like, remembers. Right. Like, oh, by the way, all these memes being on. It's me. <laughs> also, we get married a bunch of times. <laughs> You're totally in love with me. <laughs> He'll pull it off in a time cruise. But, and if he screws it up, he can just shoot himself in the head. <laughs> I don't think it works anymore. It might. He still has the blood. Maybe. We don't know. He's got Omega blood. I guess that's true, because... Yeah. I don't think he should chance it. No. He shouldn't, but... <laughs> no. <laughs> this is a very dark... It's not even a joke. It's just... Okay, so he gets really sick when he's old, and he dies, and he just resets to a day earlier when he's still really sick and miserable. You would have to think he freaking donated blood at some point in his life, or... Uh, Mm. Had to have some sort well, of surgery. Well, if he donates blood, it doesn't count. He didn't get anybody else's blood. Okay. All right. Yeah. So he had so some surgery. So best case scenario, he never gets he never gets someone else's blood in him. That's like really weird. Like imagine just dying and then just waking up and living your last day again, but like not a freak accident, just natural death. Ooh. Especially if you're like riddled with like a debilitating disease. Yeah. Like you can't do much to change anything. I mean, you could you convince like some sort of hospital to give you a blood transfusion just because. <laughs> Maybe. It's tough to explain. I mean, I or guess you, could, you just... could just wound yourself or get some, somehow... This is a... We'll stop talking about it. But think about it. <laughs> all right, think about, like, all right, so he, he saves the world. Yeah. Let's say he still has this ability. Let's say he knows it. He can pretty much, like, get whatever he wants now. Like, the threat is neutralized. He doesn't have a mission anymore. He's pretty much, he's not confined to any location, he's not imprisoned, he's not... But then it raises the question that, does he have to know how to reset the Odea as the Omega? Because as the Alpha, he was getting reset by the Omega. So, 
he'd have to actively figure out how to reset the day as the Omega. And I don't think he knows how to do that because he didn't even know how to turn the safety off for a while. But how does it happen initially, then? Maybe it's automatic. How does what happen initially? Well, he destroys the Omega, but he still resets. It could be it could be automatic or it could be like it could be a passive trait of the Omega, but then why wouldn't the Omega just reset when it dies? Because it can't, because it's... So maybe he can't reset as the Omega. I guess it's, a, it's an unanswerable question. Like it is. Chicken or the egg? I guess, like if We have spent so much time on this. This is great. I don't know if... Like, email in if you've <laughs> seen this movie. It's Please. Like, definitely it's a debatable topic. Help us like, settle this debate. I feel like it's back when I saw Inception for the first time. There's fights and arguments about it constantly. I didn't think that coming into this review, but now thinking about it, yeah, there's this interesting, like, backstory science to map out. Yeah. Like, I think it's an automatic thing. I think he has that ability as well, long as he has that... then why didn't the Omega reset when it died? Because it can't. But why? When he... <laughs> if he blows up like an Omega did, he also can't reset as an Omega. But the Omega's like the brain. He's not the brain. He just has this Omega ability. But wouldn't he be functioning the same as it? I don't know. <laughs> this keeps me up at night. Yeah, because I guess he's not resetting the day. It's the Omega resetting the Alpha's day. Yeah, the Omega's resetting him because it thinks he's an Alpha. So you need an outside force resetting the day. You just have... Or he's the force that would reset the day, but he doesn't know how. So could he reset but... other people's days? Like, like it's if he had, like, children... Okay, that's, I guess that's the scenario where this works, is if one of his, he had children, say him and Emily Blunt finally get their family together. Right. They have a little beautiful soldier baby, and then... That has his generic trait. Yeah, that's his alpha. That's his alpha. Could he reset his alpha's day? I don't know. Resets <laughs> I hope that's the sequel. That would be an amazing sequel. <laughs> if they make the sequel, I hope that it's like his kid. And I want it to be like a coming-of-age comedy. <laughs> Infinite do-overs like he's asking Becky to prom. Yeah. And he, he, he screws it up. So dad takes out his revolver and just... Oh, man. That's amazing. Oh. Please, let this be a thing. What's the hell's the director's name? Doug Lyman. Doug Lyman. I hope we're on the same page, If Mr. you're out Lyman. there, if you're listening. I want to tweet at him. We got the best idea. <laughs> Oh, that movie would be so hilarious. Oh, man, it would be so, like, I'm guessing like a five would rise. <laughs> oh, yeah, it would be, because <laughs> everyone would be like, it's Groundhog Day again, because there's no war, it's just him reliving the day again, but for really mundane, stupid reasons. <laughs> oh, I got F, I'm a math test. Dad? <laughs> I gotta study fraction. <laughs> It's him, like, running away from bullies in a very distinct <laughs> pattern. Man, like a sports fan. See him, like, run on the field. If he can. <laughs> it's like the guy who caught the Cubs ball. <laughs> See, Berman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think he got, like, a darker thing. Like, they could... S- yeah, I think they would have to. What? Uh, what uh, did they, they never say the year this is set in, correct? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, futuristic, or is yeah, it, it, it's a little bit in the future. Okay. Obviously, they have way better tech than we do. Right. <laughs> the president's dead. Yeah, or the president gets killed. You, you're the only one that can stop it. Can you imagine that? Like, sorry, son. Like, <laughs> sorry. you're the only one who can reset. <laughs> you have to do this. We can't tell anybody about it. An eight-year-old kid. He's like, a, he's like a short, overweight kid. <laughs> Save the president? This was the play as Nintendo Switch. <laughs> oh, this is gold. I think this is one of the best ideas we've ever, oh we've ever had gosh. on podcast. ZTH Studios presents. <laughs> A movie that even less people will see than Edge of Tomorrow. Significantly lower budget. Oh, yeah. Our entire budget is going to Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. <laughs> I think we should try to get someone who looks like Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt like a little bit. Or we show them from, like, the back. We never see that. It's like Charlie Brown's teacher. <laughs> show them from the back. <laughs> we can just totally go off the wall with it. Yeah. Like, I remember Disney's the kid. Spencer Breslin's not a young Bruce Willis. Who are you trying to kid? 
Get an actor like that. Get like, um, freaking... Can, can we afford Josh Hartnett? Yes. <laughs> Josh Hartnett is Tom Cruise's son in... <laughs> doesn't work. Doesn't, doesn't work as well. Who's a budget Tom Cruise? We need like, like a, a really budget Tom Cruise. No, we want Tom Cruise. We just need. To, we can't afford him. We can. Tom Cruise would be. This is just probably a passion project. I think <laughs> if he's gonna work pro bono on this movie, absolutely. Guess we're Emily Blunt again. We got to convince her to do it. Krasinski would be all about it. <laughs> we need a good child actor to play. We do the lead essentially. But do we want a good child actor or like a real? Well, not bad, but like. Do you want like Tom Holland? <laughs> Too old. You want like uh, kid, we're still talking the about kid this. from fuck this movie review, right? The kid from Room. I didn't see Room. I don't think. Like that's a woman that's like trapped in like the bunker underground. I didn't see it. All right, the kid's annoying in that. Let's get the fat kid from Ted down. Let's do it. <laughs> He's not doing anything. <laughs> Probably not. You said a bad word. I gotta give you an ouch. I want like his. <laughs> I want his character too. <laughs> We have to see if we can merge the universes. <laughs> I do it tomorrow with Ted. Alright, this is getting work. worse. The more the more ideas we come up with, I think uh, we're making it worse. It right. was gold. It's like silver now. Let's table this. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put a pin in this one until Corey comes back. Uh, I guess this hit favorite, least favorite. Yes, we didn't do that yet. I, my favorite was the um, Tom Cruise going in alone to the bunk, to the uh, dam. I like that. That like, you know what? I've tried every other freaking scenario. I'm just gonna see how this pans out that that's a good strategy and that's when we as the audience realize that the alpha and omega know that tom cruise has this inherent ability so it's a layer of complexity to it exactly favorite for you mr joe my favorite is probably when they team up with j squad because you have the whole funny interaction with the card him convincing all of them he knows everything about them. Okay. Like, before the fi- before the push to the Louvre, when gotcha. they team up with Emily Blunt and him, or Rita and Bill. <laughs> okay. I keep forgetting to use their character names. That yeah, I never names. do either. It's easier. And then that whole thing, because you know most of them are going to die, but... See, I would be upset if they died off screen, and then, like, they didn't get reset at the end, but since they... Most of, like half of them die off screen, but then they get reset. We get to see them in basic training, running again. Right. Like I'm more okay with it. You have that one moment too in the in the Louvre fight where uh, two of them like blow themselves up to take out a bunch of mimics. Yeah, Griffin. I think Griffin Skinner. Those are two of the that and Ford are like the only names I remember. They don't know that they're gonna come back too, so that's like a true like sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, none of them do. Yeah. Well, because uh, he even tells them like I can't reset anymore. Right. So it's good that they get to come back, kind of cheapens the self sacrifice. But from like in so that from moment, their point of view, it's completely it's, legitimate right. self sacrifice. It's for the good of mankind. Agreed. Least favorite. What are your? What's yours? There's not a lot in here, so, really. The I really, you know what? The J Squad might have been a little too goofy. At, Times for me. I'll give you that. Especially the the overweight guy that's with the t shirt that says fights naked. That says mimic this. That does fight. Yeah, (laughs) I forgot his t shirt says that. (laughs) That does fight naked and gets crushed by a falling spacecraft like so many times. So many different times. Like I want the futuristic world army to not have these assholes in it. (laughs) Like when when you think about it, like if this were to happen, like the world has to unite to fight an outside presence. They're not in my military. I'm sorry. But if they are, someone has to clean the toilet. <laughs> it's J-Squad. <laughs> Maybe J-Squad specializes exclusively in just KP. Perhaps. Maybe that's what they're there for. It's just their bodies. One other really funny part was, uh, I forgot the exact line, but when uh, they're running, and he, what's he, what's he, what does Tom Cruise yell to Bill Paxton? Like, hand oh, it, it tells him no more grab ass. He's like, grab this, sorry. <laughs> What did you say? Bill Paxton's great in this. He might be my favorite character of the movie. He's pretty good. Perfect role for him. He's very consistent. Mm-hmm. No matter what Tom Cruise says, he's got an answer for him. It's just <laughs> the same. He just doesn't give a shit. Right. Ah, uh, least favorite, Joe. I don't even know. My least favorite is either like when he goes to the pub just because I'm usually long dead by now. It's yeah. like kind of a throwaway scene. and I kind of like that scene, though. 
Because they call him a coward. I guess that's true. They have <laughs> no, they idea. Have no <laughs> idea how many battles he's fought. Right. Or it's, uh... I, I wrote down how reckless they are after losing, he loses the reset power. It's not really that they're reckless, it's just the fact that, like, when he gets thrown from things, a person would die from that. Like, when he gets thrown, you see him, like, bounce into the Louvre. I'm like, he's dead. He's not accomplishing yeah. anything. <laughs> it's amazing, too, that he does his own stunts in all these freaking movies. It's, like, amazing and kind of stupid at the same time. He's in his 50s at this yeah. point, right? Only a few years ago. Something's got to give at some point. Ugh, crazy Apparently man. does hurt himself during some movies, so they have to like halt production. Makes sense. Yeah. Corey, what's your... Oh. <laughs> we have an email from Corey. I guess you want to read that before we rate the sucker? Yeah, we should do that. And then if he... I'm assuming he gave a rating, so I'll just hold that back till he we do He did give a rating. Oh, he, he gave you your a rating? I don't know what the too. rating is oh. when I asked him oh, on right. the phone. So he gave a rating. You right. bastard. So Corey emailed us his, his thoughts, and he says... Hey boys, sorry educating the youth in the inner city screwed up my ability to be there tonight. I trust I'm going to sound a bit like a recording and mimic what you guys have already said. See there what I did there? <laughs> I was starting off with a strong joke. <laughs> strong pun. Strong pun, Corey. But anyway, I love Groundhog's Day, the action flick. Relatively simple premise, but it's just so damn fun. The action sequences are awesome and Cruz and Blunt are great in it. While the science is a bit shaky, it's aliens, so really... There aren't any good rules, so I say let the boys play. Oh, he gives his favorite and least favorite scene. Corey goes all out. Nice. His favorite scene is the first time we see Cruz in action. Just try... I think it's supposed to be the... I think it was an autocorrect thing. Just the way it's filmed that really captures the insanity of a battle like that and drives home how out of place he really is. And it feels so real, similar to the Normandy scene in Saving Private Ryan. Wow. Corey, you really are mimicking everything <laughs> we've said. This is great. His least favorite is, he says, that's really hard. I'm not entirely sure I have one. There are clearly some parts that aren't as great as the others. But the movie as a whole is just so good. Ultimately, I think some of the training, in quotations, sequences, end up having diminishing returns. Like, I feel like it might go on just a few times too many for me. But even with that, I'm fine, because it's the whole premise of the movie. I can't be mad at that. And then the rest is his rating. So I'm going to stop. Okay. I have a feeling we're all going to have the same score. It's entirely possible. <laughs> Speaking of scores, <laughs> we should do that because it is already running long. So we rate movies that we review on here from a scale of 1 to 6 Infinity Stones. You can probably figure out which scale that way that scale goes. 6 is the high end if you were stumped. And if we give it 6, we can also give it a gauntlet, which is the highest score. So do you want me to read Corey's first? Do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Um, it's the first time I've seen this movie in a long time. It's really enjoyable. I buy it because I love Tom Cruise and starting to realize I love Emily Blunt <laughs> just as much. Um, New power couple. It's but not married. Not married at all. Um, not a perfect movie by any stretch, but again, you kind of like give an extra stone to those surprise hits. I feel like this is one of those surprise hits. Like, when, like, you call up, like, Shane Spencer, 98, you're not expecting him to do anything. He gets ten home runs in a month. Who knew? He hits three grand slams. Right? In a month. Good times. Good time to be a Yankee fan. I was there for the third one. Nice, man. Yeah. 98. He's ten years old. Anyway, that being said, <laughs> I'm going to give this movie five stones. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally get that. I, I saw this movie, this is the second time now. I saw it in theaters. And then... Seeing it now, I was really excited to rewatch this because I haven't revisited it since, and I remember really liking it. I thought it was underrated then. I definitely think it's underrated now, having realized how few people saw this movie. Right. At times, like it feels blockbustery, so it's not that deep of a movie. It's it's a fun action movie, but it has really cool science and sci-fi elements to it. That's a good point. Like if they market this well, this would have been the blockbuster of 2014. Yeah, they, it, it really kind of sh should have been. Yeah, I don't know what was. I think it was Oblivion. Oh. People just didn't want to see Tom Cruise do this. I guess. But the few that did were pleasantly surprised. I wish more people had. But I agree with you wholly that this should be a five-stone movie. Why did Corey give it? Unsurprisingly. <laughs> Corey hated it and gave it. He gave it two stones and a broken gauntlet. Now, Corey's final paragraph is, Overall, love this movie. It was as good this time around as it was the last time I watched it. Five stones. There it is. 
He also says he misses us. Uh, we miss you too, Corey. We do miss you, Corey. Come back soon. Help us come up with crazy sequel premises to movies. <laughs> That's my favorite part of this episode. Yeah, that was really good, actually. <laughs> I hope I get to leave it all in. So fives across the board. That really doesn't surprise me. No. That we all have the same rating. Makes sense. This is, a, this is a very same rating movie. Yep. So if you have listened to the entire podcast and you want to let us know your take on the science in Edge of Tomorrow, what you think of our totally awesome sequel to Edge of Tomorrow... <laughs> that we should come up with a title for. Send us an email to zthpodcast at gmail.com. Boom! You can find us on Instagram. Is it, I don't listen to this part. Is it called ZTH Podcast? It's at ZTH Podcast. It's at ZTH Podcast. Send us a picture of a groundhog. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. Because so, we mentioned Groundhog Day. Same thing Way on, too much. Yeah, same thing on Twitter, at ZTH Podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash ZTH Podcast, or search for us in Facebook, Zero's Talking Heroes. And we're on iTunes and, like, Stitcher, but no one uses Stitcher. No. Your Apple Podcast app, stuff like that. Give us a five-star review. We haven't gotten a review in a long time, so no. it'll be fun to read one of those. I keep checking every week. It's like Christmas morning, but then I just see Cole. Yeah, give it, you know what? I was going to say, I'm going to like make one of my friends get a review, but that's not nearly as fun. No, it's not as satisfying as a complete stranger. Make our day. <laughs> it's not as satisfying as a complete stranger. That can be taken out of context. And it will be. <laughs> and has before. Joe, keep that in. <laughs> I'll probably keep everything in. I really hope you Except do. the pauses I'm going to take out. Like the, just us laughing. <laughs> Unable to go on. Oh, man, it's a great episode. It was really good. Yeah. Join us next time for hopefully another great episode. I'm sure it will be. Mystery movie. And every movie out there, someone's favorite movie. Edge of Tomorrow definitely is. Definitely. If it's not yours, just wait till the day resets and try again. I like that. Thank you. Why is that with the strong (laughs) joke? Good night, everybody. Good night.